What's up? Let's go. It's time for the Top Button Podcast, episode one. I'm pretty pumped right now, uh, not just because uh, this is episode one, but as I started recording, Cam Coleman just went 73 yards uh, to the house in the state championship game. I don't want to spoil too much about what we're going to talk about later, uh, but uh, what better way to start the show than just 100% full Bug, uh, guys, uh, I'm pumped. Uh, this has been something that uh, has been kind of, like I said, a long time coming. Uh, I'm excited. Um, just a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more Auburn talk, a little bit more uh, in depth stuff, stuff that um, you know I may not want to say to get Zach in trouble. <laughs> uh, just uh, kind of uh, air it all out there. Have fun. I want to talk a little bit of portal tonight. <clears throat> talk a little high school recruiting, and then. I've already spoiled it, but definitely dive in. I kind of want to do a little, a little bit of a little piece on each uh, commit, each signee. Uh, but you got to start at the top. You got to start with Cam Coleman, uh, who's at, having abs- an absolutely huge uh, state championship game uh, right now. But we'll get to that. Um, start off um, when we start talking about portal. I think we need to kind of discuss sort of where we are. Uh, and, and where we've come from and, and, and what to kind of maybe expect how this thing's going to play out. So um, this is the second full winter semester of uh, the portal where kids know they go in and they have a chance to have immediate playing time at the next school that they choose to choose to attend. Okay. Remember last fall was the first time that that was, that was, you know, that was a thing. You could transfer free. You didn't have to sit out. Everybody knew it. The the ruling had come down and it was kind of the wild, wild west. Um, you didn't really have a ton of time to, to scout. You didn't have a ton of time to really know the market value of what these players are going to, to bring. It was just kind of, hey, get it while you can get it, get who you can get and uh, just kind of see the way it goes. And on top of that, we had a coaching change. Um, we had luckily a couple of guys that had relationships with, you know, like it, uh, Philip Montgomery had a you know relationship with, with a Dylan Wade. And then you had, um, uh, you know, had a couple of more that, that ended up like that Jaden Muskrat. Um, then you had, you know, you, you go out and you get a couple of big players, but a lot of times when you're recruiting in the portal, not a lot of times the portal, when you're recruiting, it's not, when the portal opens, you start recruiting. You got to be on these guys from the whole for the whole season. You got to be scouting the whole season, and then you know a lot of times they're talking to you through their coaches that are that are reaching out. Hey, you know, my guy might be uh, this guy that played for me might be wanting to go into the portal. Would he be somebody that would be interested? And then you know th- that's the way the kind of information just f- flows back and forth. So. Um, we were way behind, way behind the eight ball. When you bring in a new staff, uh, you, you luckily you got you had the previous holdover staff had done a really good evaluation on Rivaldo Fairweather. You got him early, and then it was just kind of who who do we have the budget for? Uh, who do we uh, you know you got a nil changeover that was just a few months earlier, so they're trying to take care of current player contracts and get their get their uh, footing. Uh, so it was a complete. It was complete chaos. Okay, so, so your first portal window, you you landed a couple of guys that I think made huge impacts, and hopefully, um, we're going to retain a couple of those and 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 
there's and there's a couple that are younger that are going to con- continue to be big players for us moving forward. So uh, then you go into the spring, and then spring we kind of got our bearings a little bit, but still your spring players were slim pickings. You know, those are the guys that you know I don't like where I'm at really on the depth chart. Maybe you get you get one or two that are going to just try to go uh, see if they can get a check, but for the most part, it's like you just try to take the best that you can get, and that's where we picked up. You know. We took a gamble on Jair Shorter, who was an extremely explosive receiver at North Texas, but he just plagued with injuries. You know, if the guy could be healthy, there's no telling what kind of player he could be, but he was just plagued with injuries. Um, and, and and we kind of got a bad taste in our mouth on, you know, maybe some G5-type players. We, get, we just kind of got a bad taste in our mouth because some of them didn't pan out. Last portal, you just, it was just a – it was just chaos. This year, I think you're going to see a whole different, uh, a completely different approach. Okay, you've had dudes that have been sitting in their office, basically watching film, grading players, coming up with like values. I mean, I I, kind of equate it to like a draft board, an NFL team's, a GM's draft board or free agency, where you kind of have you you assign the value to, you know. Moneyball, like you've seen the movie Moneyball, it's it's got to be some something kind of like that. Like this receiver is worth this, but he's going to bring us this much. This linebacker is worth this. He's going to bring us this much. So everybody's going to kind of all the recruits. It's, it's going to be like a puzzle. It's going to be like a piece pieces of the puzzle that you put together. And uh, but the the thing is, we're ready for it. We're ready for it. So you've already seen offers go out early. You've already seen visits that are that are lined up immediately. A lot of action, uh, and I think that uh, you're going to start to see after this weekend. This is a big vi- visit weekend. Um, we've already got a, a big offensive lineman, possibly one of the top <clears throat> offensive linemen that we're looking at, uh, uh, Bedford from uh, Indiana. Senior, one year left, big offensive guard. He's played for three or four years. <clears throat> massive, massive human. Uh He's here already, and then you got a couple more offensive linemen, possibly a wide receiver coming in. So the balls are starting to roll, but I, I would just challenge everyone to kind of be patient because I tell you, like I said on the show on Tuesday, the portal ain't even open good yet. Like there's still going to be some dudes that are going to go in. There's still going to be some of these guys that go in after their bowl games. There's going to be guys that go in after their playoff games. Okay, it's not. It, this isn't it. Okay, December fifth is just the the first time you can go in. So, so be patient on that. Um, another thing that uh, kind of came up uh, last week was, you know, I got in kind of a Twitter. There was a little bit of a Twitter dust up. I got, I got a little bit aggravated. I'm not going to lie that a couple of some Auburn fans were kind of poo-pooing uh, on a, uh, a North Texas receiver, Jamori Macklin, brother of Jeremy Macklin, who was an NFL you know, NFL star for the Eagles, great wide receiver for Missouri, um, uh, because he played at North Texas. That's that's literally it. We didn't watch. We haven't watched film on this guy. We haven't done anything. We just say, hey, we had an experience with a North Texas guy, so no North Texas guy can ever be good. Basically, that's what you're saying when you when you when you say uh, let's let's don't go that route again. Uh, that's basically what you're saying. Just because he wore a green jersey, he can never be good. And subsequently, the guy deletes his tweet, uh, his offer tweet from 
from Auburn and we kind of turned, you know, kind of turned him off. Now I'm not saying he was the, <clears throat> he was the number one target. I'm not saying he was a X factor. I'm not saying that he was our savior and we ruined it. All I'm saying is just because you got a bad taste in your mouth with a G five type players does not mean that you can't have great success with G five players. And I can give you a litany of examples. Uh, Jalen key, starting safety for Alabama this year. He came from UAB last year. He had a great year. Um, Trey Harris, probably one of the best receivers in the SEC for, uh, for Ole Miss, came from Louisiana Tech. Um, Jamari Thrash from Georgia State. There's another kid we're looking at possibly we've offered from Georgia State that's in the portal right now. He came from Georgia State. He had 1,000 yards. He goes to Louisville, has almost 1,000 yards again. We've had – Auburn has had a couple of G5 guys. Dylan Wade, probably the best offensive lineman on our team uh, that we're hoping that comes back. Um, um, Jalen McLeod, you know, came in a little bit banged up. He started to pick up towards the end of the season, had a big a big sack productive year, uh, and, and we're hoping he comes back. Like, he's hopefully going to be a big factor. I can keep going. I can keep. I can name you several. Uh, Zai Alexander came from FCS, uh, and he started corner for LSU. Uh, Braden Fisk. You just watched Braden Fisk. He was from. Uh, he was from Western Michigan. They didn't even put his name on his back of his jersey at Florida State. He was like the best player on the field uh, in the in the ACC championship game. Uh, Fifty five. No. 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 Um. No name on the back of his. No name on the back of his jersey. Uh, I was mad because uh, Gunner um, Auburn Glenn, whatever Brock Glenn, was carrying around the game ball. I was like, give that ball to Fisk. Like that guy w- was a beast. Western Michigan G five. So like, understand that it's this is not like the spring portal of this past year where you're just offering bodies to try to get bodies. Like you've watched, they've watched these guys. They have scouted these guys. There's going to be some P five guys that we're going to go after. And there's going to be some G5 guys that we go after. Okay. That's just, and, and there's going to be some G5 guys that go, that everybody goes after. Um, because if you can play, you can play. Um, and they're going to find you. They're going to find you. So I think we just got to chill a little bit. Uh, I think some stuff's going to happen, start rolling, you know, possibly, you know, this weekend. Like I said, you got some visits coming in. I think there's going to be some stuff start rolling in. Uh, it's going to be fun. Portal season uh, is to me. If I was could just be there, be on staff, be part of that, I just feel like that would be so much fun. It's like a, it's like you, it's like you're doing DraftKings. <laughs> like you're, you got to, you got X amount of salary, and you got to spend it all to get the most amount of points. Like that, that, that's what it feels like to me. You, you, you got to get okay. If I get this wide receiver that costs ten thousand. That means I got to get a tight end at you know three or four thousand. I got to get a running back at six or so. You got to make that budget work to give you the because tr- you're trying to get the most points. So that's basically what it is. But you're just doing it uh, in real life, and I think I think that is just I, I, I'm one of the very few that I, I maybe not very few. I'm one of the one of the huge huge proponents for the portal because I love seeing kids like those ones I just named. That that now have the opportunity to go play at the on the biggest level, go play at the highest level, and go try to win a national championship, or go try to get a paycheck, man. Go try to get uh, increase your NFL stock. I love it. 
I love it. I love the freedom because I feel like Auburn is a great place regardless. And this is just another avenue to bring kids in to play for Auburn, uh, to sell Auburn to kids. And, and I feel like we have a staff now that actually enjoys doing that, enjoys selling Auburn, enjoys recruiting. So uh, it's just new avenues for players. And I think um, anytime you can do that, you can you can succeed. And it gives Auburn a chance to, uh, you know, maybe make this turnaround a little bit quicker. You're, you're pounding the high school ranks and you can hopefully this year – you're not going to have to bring in 20 guys. Maybe you just bring in 12 to 15. I think that would be kind of ideal. Just sort of sort of kind of wean yourself back to where you can get yourself in a position where you can go bust one and get Walter Nolan, you know, the number one player in the portal who's a defense uh, a freak defensive lineman who's probably going to, you know, get paid well over half a million dollars to come play a year, to come play uh, to go play somewhere. You know, but there's some teams out there that they're already established. They don't have to like go find 10 different players, you know, 10, 12 different players. They just got to go find, you know, a handful, three or four. And you got the flexibility to, you know, throw the, you know, drop the big bag. Whereas we have to be a little bit more judicious, spread it around a little bit. Um, I think that's why you're not seeing, uh, I think that's why we're probably not going to bring in a portal quarterback. Um, I think we had an idea of who we wanted. Um, I don't think that's really a secret. I'm pretty sure everybody knows that Riley Leonard was our guy. Like, I, I think that was the guy that we wanted to go with. We felt like he could – we could sacrifice not having to bring in, pay big time for a portal wide receiver and because we felt like Riley elevated – he could elevate that room. He's just that good. You know, he's that good to kind of carry the team through rushing, through, you know, making big throws, um, standing in the pot. I mean, the dude's just – he's just – he's just uh, – he's an NFL quarterback. I mean, he is an NFL quarterback. He could be drafted this year in the middle rounds. Um, I'm not saying it's done with him. If he doesn't come out of this weekend committed to Notre Dame uh, pretty quickly, I think all bets are off. But uh, I, I think he's, you know, asking a little bit more than we probably value him. And uh, none of the other guys that we're really talking to, I just don't feel like you – I don't know that they elevate the room to where you can just lean on them and these freshman kids that we're bringing in. So that brings us back to Peyton Thorne and Holden Gearner, both, ki- both guys that have talent. Peyton's shown that he can he can throw for three thousand yards when he has uh, you know he's surrounded by good talent. So now does Peyton offer you the ability, the budget to you know go out and, and find you two or three playmakers uh, at wide receiver, find you two or three big bigger time offensive linemen? Maybe go get maybe there's a blockbuster um, offensive tackle that could pop uh, in the portal out there that you're that you're waiting on that you've been that you've been scouting. It's just those little things like like I said, DraftKings. It's kind of like DraftKings. We've Holden. You know, do you want to let Holden go uh, and then go have to pay somebody to come in and be a backup? How hard of a sell is that going to be? You know, and Holden. You know, Hugh has always talked highly of. Uh, how arm, how much arm talent Holden has. So what can you do? How can you build around those guys 
moving forward? I think that's the biggest question. And does keeping them allow you the budget to be able to really like retain a, a Rivaldo Fairweather, retain a Dylan Wade, you know, just those two pieces right there. Um, go out and get a big, big outside wide receiver. Go get you a another dynamic slot that can play opposite Caleb Burton or, you know, if Javarius Johnson or Jay Fair, um, you know, want to stay. I feel like at least one of those is probably gone. Uh, I'm not really sure who. Uh, but, uh, you know, do you go get another dynamic slot guy? Like, I really like – obviously, I really like the Colin Lacey kid. I think he's probably the best player in the portal. Texas A&M was on him immediately. They may – throw out a crazy bag. I'm not saying he's going to go there, but uh, they may throw out a crazy bag and and he may go. Uh, but there's so many good players. I already kind of hinted on him, but uh, Robert Lewis from Georgia State, um, he could be a great backup option uh, to Colin Lacey, who is all – both of those are G5 guys. We know Georgia State dudes. We've seen a Georgia State kid go to a, a P5 school and, and essentially be the – one of their best players on offense. Um, and he came from Georgia State. So, uh, you know, why there's no reason to just write off and say, there's no reason to say he's going to succeed because he's from Georgia State. And there's no reason to say he's not going to su- succeed just because he's from a G5 or that you settled just because he's a G5. Because there's some high bidding wars over some G5 or some, P, uh, you know, some G5 kids, a group of five kids, smaller school kids. So, um, Again, it's it's so much. It's going to be so much fun to watch it unravel. I'm hoping that uh, you know we'll constant. There's not hoping. There's going to be just a constant update uh, of information going. So hang in there. Uh, be patient because uh, I kind of feel like once dominoes start falling, because I I feel like players are going to be tied to others, not necessarily relationship wise, but budget wise. Like we have our top tier wide receiver. And you got to pair him outside wide receiver, and you got to pair him with a tier three slot guy, you know, and then vice versa. We have a tier one slot guy that you got to pair with a tier three wide receiver. You're going to see stuff, you're going to see dominoes, I feel like, fall uh, like that uh, quite often throughout this whole process. So it's going to be fun. So just uh, just sit tight, and uh, I'll try to keep you try to keep you in the loop between here and 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 on locked on Auburn. The next thing I want to talk about, obviously, so we got portal, we got portal talk. Let's talk a little high school recruiting. Um, signing day is within two weeks. Uh, I think it's the twentieth. Uh, so time's kind of running out. You got basically two big visit weekends left um, for high school guys, and if 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 they haven't, most of them have already done their official visits. But you can still host them for unofficials. Uh, right now is pretty much in home hue season. In home Hugh season, uh, it was a great that was a great hashtag coin. Not by me, uh, the name escapes me on Twitter, but I, I gave him a shout out. Uh, I think that's that's hilarious because it's so true. It is in home Hugh season. This is when Hugh, uh, this is when Hugh shines. This is when he goes and closes. Uh, this is when he goes and he gets to be in front of the moms, the dads, the aunts, the uncles, the grandparents. He gets to say the blessing for dinner. He gets to, you know, be in home. And and that's where he really, really thrives. And, you know, he's already had a big, a big in-home visit with uh, KJ Bolden, 
who I think the the momentum's really picking up with. Um, I've heard some other things that I'm not – I don't really want to go into, but I'll just say that Florida State may be making a lot of promises they can't keep. So we'll see how that plays out. And uh, I w- if, we, if we do pull off the flip with K.J. Bolden, I don't think that'll be the only flip from FSU, not necessarily to Auburn, but other places. I just I think there there could be there could be a little uh there could be a little blood in the water there. Let's just let's just leave it at that. But you got 19 commits. I think you're gonna lose at least one. I don't think it's going to be one that we're going to be incredibly sad about. Um I don't want to really bring the put the kid's name out there. You, if you're on any message boards or you're out there, you kind of know the situation you know who it is so i think you're probably going to have him decommit i'm not sure if he'll decommit before signing day or if he'll decommit on signing day and flip but uh so uh, technically you're at probably you're realistic realistically probably at 18 uh commits you're looking at probably adding you know maybe five to six more uh yeah five to six more that'll put you around 23 ish which i think is fine for the first for the first class and there's some big big names out there that you're still going for you got kj bolden you got lj mccray two five those are both five stars right there you obviously you got the ryan williams out there uh that's that you're pushing really hard for who i think is going to announce his reclass here pretty quick um then you got amaris williams now that's committed to florida that that you've been working behind the scenes, who's kind of committed to come for a visit. I mean, there is a re- there is a realistic pathway to a, um, and it's not insanely far fetched. There's a realistic pathway to a top five class uh, year one, which I think would be absolutely remarkable. Um, all things considering, all things considered, you know the way the season played out, the way, you know. Uh, the PR that you had to overcome when you when you're first hired, um, the the relationships you had to build um, uh, from scratch, you know, coming coming from Liberty to here, the relationships you had to start up from scratch, and you're able to. And, and another thing that's crazy is your best commits were all flips. Your four or five best commits were all flipped from other schools. That's insane. <laughs> like normally you get what. Used to, if you got one and it was a good one, you're fired up. Now, I mean, Hugh goes out and 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 the last ones I've mentioned are all going to be flips as well. Would all be flips as well? It's crazy. It's crazy that um uh, that he's been able to do what he's been able to do. The difference in this year and next year, you're going to see is 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 insane. Like we've already have four defensive line, four four star defensive linemen committed for 2025. I'm not even going to get to 2025 yet, but like that just goes to show you trenches are important. We're going to probably lack in them in the high school ranks this year, but they're already sitting really, really well with some high school offensive linemen. You got one commitment. You're trying to, you're probably going to flip, uh, you know, a five star from, from Georgia. You're, you're probably leading for another high four star uh, for Mobile. So you got the, the the plan is there. It's 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 clear that they're gonna they're gonna pound the trenches hard. Uh, you're just going to have you're you're going to have to really hope that you pull off some of these big flips or your your line classes in the high school would probably be the weakest part of uh, of this year's class. But um, 
I don't see us really reaching past the, these guys that I've listed, your LJ McCrae's, your KJ Bolden's. I don't see you going out. I don't see us going out there and just getting filler guys. If that, if, if, if you've been around recruiting, you know what I'm saying, you just go take a body. I don't think, I don't really see us doing a ton of that. I think uh, the reason why is because you just go to the portal. You just go get you, go get, you know, go get your a freshman or a sophomore kid you know, that's that's been in a, a college weight room for a couple of years uh, and supplement your depth chart that way. I think that's what you do until you can get to a point where you're bringing in your four to five linemen on both sides of the ball every single year, which I don't see past this year that ever happening again. Like I said, you already got four massive dudes, high four-star guys on the defensive line already committed for 2025. So um, I, I, don't, I just don't think – I think – 23, 24 is the ideal number, but if you miss out on some of these top guys, I just don't see a lot of reaching. So, you know, if if you miss on two or three, you, you could see a 20 to 22 player class. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, depending on what you do uh, in the portal. One thing that's crazy um, is if you, if you look at the – Different sites rate their players different ways, and they and they rank the teams different ways. But for the majority of them, they have like you take your top twenty commits or your top seventeen, and then they get you a like a, a your your the best players of those top seventeen, top twenty, and then you and then it spits you out a score. So on on three, Auburn sits at eleven right now, but their average player ranking from top to bottom. Okay, that this is not your top 17. This is not your top 20. This is every single player in the class. Okay. So your lowest one is is ranked right in there with your highest one. It, it, it all is all fact, it's all factored in. Auburn's eleventh in points. They're fifth in uh average player ranking when you look at the industry average, which for on three, which takes all of the different scoring methods from the different sites and comes up with an industry average ranking. I think that's incredible. I think that's incredible. Like, who cares about ranking when you're top five in the country in the the an average player that's coming into your class? I just think that's that's something that's something a little bit more to watch than just where you finish in the team rankings. Really look at that average player that you're bringing in uh, and and how it stacks up with the rest of the SEC, how it stacks up with the rest of the country, and as it sits right now, Auburn's number five in the country in average player ranking. You add a KJ Bolden, you're going to skyrocket because <clears throat> you're going to you're going to absolutely skyrocket, and you're going to skyrocket in on three rankings too because it on three just takes your top seventeen. So we have eighteen. That's going to not only kick out one of your lower rank ones, it's going to put you know one of the higher ranking kids uh, in your class. It's going to make make your ranking jump up high. So recruiting is is one of the things that I'm the most uh, like into. It's one of my most – if you want me to boog, I will boog hard over recruiting. I love it. It's so much fun, and it's so much fun to have a staff that really, really champions it and, and is passionate about it and, and goes hard. I'm talking hard. Hugh Freeze is a maniac. Like I, I can't imagine the life. Like what is his his quality of his life during recruiting season and football season has to be 
Like, you, I don't know when you sleep or if you, if you sleep, it's very little, it's very little. And you're, you're getting up at, at midnight when, when dead periods are ended and you got all your coaches calling kids when dead periods are ending at like midnight. It's, 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 they don't miss, they don't miss the little things that make you a good recruiting staff. And, uh, I think that, um, we could probably, he could probably use a little bit more help. I think there's, there's, um, you're going to see probably see a little bit of little bit of staff shake up. I don't know if it's going to be a ton, but hopefully, whatever happens, you're bringing in some you know some help to help you recruit like that or help you get after it recruiting. So, uh, I like where we're headed. I love this class. I love. I think it's got some extremely high end talent. One that I'm about to talk about. I just watched the replay of his 73 yard touchdown again. Uh, and I just think we're in for a we're in for a fun ride now. Whether or not he can take those guys and develop them and win is another thing. He's done it before, you know. He's done it pretty much everywhere he's gone. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen at Auburn, but he's doing the things that he's done everywhere else. I'm starting to bring in players. I'm starting to make my roster better. Now I'm going to go hopefully start knocking off uh, knocking off some games, knocking off some teams that that. I probably shouldn't. I think that's that's probably step two. That's probably step two, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this roster shakes out after after the uh, portal period and uh, early signing day, and uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. It should be a lot of fun. So, um, last thing I want to talk about, I said I want to do a player spotlight. I cannot stress enough after watching highlight films after watching. Um, game films after watching this championship game, how incredible Cam Coleman is, uh, and how big of an addition he is to this team next year. He's an early enrollee. He's going to be here for the spring semester. He's going to go through spring ball, so he's going to basically be almost like a redshirt freshman uh, when he he's going to be way ahead of the curve, and he's already way ahead of the curve. I think he could have played at Auburn this year. I mean, he's 6'3", 200, and he can absolutely fly. Uh, and he's got incredible range, long arms, doesn't drop anything. Like, he's just – he's everything that you want in a Hugh Freeze stud outside receiver. He's everything you could ever dream of. Uh, and one thing that I love about him so much so that when I watch his highlight films, I almost have to watch it in a cold shower. It just gets me so bothered. He has amazing ball skills. Okay. What is ball? What are ball skills? Okay. There is something so huge to being able to, when the ball is in the air, get yourself in the in position to make a play, whether that's in the air, whether that's throttling your speed down the field, whether that's being able to get your body in between you and the defender. Uh, in between the ball and defender, uh, get your body in between the ball and the defender. <clears throat> it's it's just it's 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 the the little thing that's sort of instinctual. That's there's not a drill for it. There's not like a you can't go hire a wide receiver coach. That's just I'm 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 great at teaching ball skills. No, it's kind of like being I mean just being able to track a ball in the air and be able to run and 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 not fall down. And then if it's over your head a little bit, you're able to adjust your body to be able to get in a position to make a catch. Um, 
those things, uh, if there's a defender draped over you, you're not able to lose focus. You're able to reach, you know, reach over him or reach around him and make make the play. Um, if you go watch the, uh, I think it was the, it's possibly the second time they play. I think it's the time they played Auburn High School in the playoffs. Um, you may, if you go to huddle, I think you can watch the highlights from that particular game. But they throw a deep ball to Cam. He's got two receivers on him, and he goes up in the air and just he makes a circus catch. But it's a it's a circus catch that he makes look easy because he's able to get himself in position in the air. That's that's like and, and make the play. Like I can think of two plays in general this year where plays that I feel like Cam Coleman. Cam Coleman makes early the very first game of the year, the very first drive of the year. We throw a fade to, you know, I'm, I'm, I want fades. You know, I love the fade. I think when you got a guy like Cam Coleman or, you know, a lot of times, even, I mean, even Rivaldo, he's, he's made some big plays, but when you, when you can just throw the ball up and your guy that you just know is better than everybody can just go up and, and get the ball. We did it to uh, Shane hooks and he got himself out of position. It wasn't even a bad throw. It hit the pylon. Like it's it's there. You good receivers are able to get themselves in position to make the play. We think that like these quarterbacks that hit these receivers in stride, they're just amazingly accurate and and all this, you know, whatever. But in reality, that receiver has just as much uh has just as much uh claim to that pass being accurate as a quarterback because he was either able to throttle up, throttle down, or get in position to make the play. Another one, another thing that's jumping on time, <laughs> jumping up on time, bless his heart, Camden Brown, I can't remember exactly which game it is. For some reason, it's if I feel like it's the Vanderbilt game. They they put he gets a one-on-one matchup like down the field. Like this is you're you're sick, you're Cam Coleman size. But he jumps too early. And now you're hanging in the air. Now you can't make the play. Like little things like that, like timing. It's all a. It's all an instinct. And Cam Coleman has has all has all of the instincts. So, um, like I said, I'm watching the state championship game. It's late in the game. There, it's a close game. 14-10. or fourteen thirteen actually. Uh, Phoenix City's got to make a play. They throw a slant to Cam, and he dusts two. SEC commits one, or I'm sorry, one 2024 Caleb Harris, who, who's committed to Auburn. He dusts Caleb Harris, absolutely walks away from him. And then Anquan Fagans, who could be a five star in the 2025 class, who was committed to USC. I think he decommitted. Auburn really likes him. Um, just walks right past, just, I mean, absolutely. This, this is not like, a, this is not just your average high school team. Like, this is a loaded, Loaded team on the very first drive of the game, he has a thirty-yard third-down uh, conversion, easy over the shoulder, um, over the shoulder play. The, the thing that I notice is the space between him and an offender at all times. Like he's just able to just get open. He had a big, another big third-down catch where he made turn an out route into a fifteen-yard gain, uh, and then he had his big play, the seventy-three-yard touchdown, which was a slant where he shook the corner off of the line. Uh, made the catch and then literally was shot out of a cannon for 73 yards. Like the dude's unreal. I'm just telling you, he is going to play early. He's going to play often as long as he stays healthy and he makes 
this team better the minute he steps on campus. He makes this team better. He's that good. Uh, it's it's hard for me to find a hole in, in his game. Like he's he's just his hand, he's got hands. He's got size. He's got speed. Uh, he can get up. He can get down. You know, he can run over you. He can run around you. I mean, it's just uh, a guy like that. Um, the 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 player that that he reminds me the most of. Um, that if, if you want to think about an Auburn player that like to compare him to, and this is not even really that good of a comparison because I think Cam's better, and I think Cam uh, is much much faster. But he reminds me a lot of he plays a lot like a Duke Williams. If you remember Duke, super physical, amazing ball skills. His ball skills made up for a lack of athletic ability because he was not that fast. Uh, he did not have a lot of moves. Like he wasn't going to juke you. Uh, run around you. Uh, he was going to moss you. He was going to uh, he was going to catch a slant and run and run through your face. Um, but you're talking ball skills like Duke Williams, but just like m- ma- incredibly faster, just way faster. So um, I'm I'm huge. I'm high, high, high on Cam Coleman. I was so pumped when he finally when he finally popped. Um, I think we had a chance with him even if Jimbo wasn't fired. I don't think you want to – I know people are going to say, oh, the only reason you got him is because, you know, he had a coaching change. But I'm not a 1,000% sure that we don't have a really good chance even if, you know, Jimbo is still there. I just think that uh, Hugh kept on. He kept on. He kept after him. He did not give up. He 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 kept calling him. He kept texting him. He kept, you know – Showing, telling him how much we we needed him, and that's the kind of that's the kind of battles that that he's willing to go toe to toe with uh, and, and win. And and I think he's a guy that's going to do that uh, a lot more than he's not. So, uh, I think that's probably going to be it for tonight. Um, I'm probably going to be back on Tuesday, and we're going to go Tuesday Thursdays. See how it goes. There may be so much information that comes out after this weekend that we may have to go a little bit more. We'll just kind of play it by ear, but it's just safe for right now. We're going to go Tuesdays and Thursdays and uh, have have some little recap action, some maybe some dumb hot takes that I have often. Uh, and you know, I'm probably going to be wrong about a lot of stuff because uh, I'm just a casual. You know, you've heard you you heard me be called just a casual. So, uh, but we're going to have fun. Um, we're going to. We're going to laugh. We're going to have, hopefully, eventually going to have some guests, maybe some good video content. But uh, I'm just really excited. I'm really excited to be able to to talk more about Auburn football, talk more about that. Ba- we're going to have to talk about basketball, talk more about Auburn in general. And uh, uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. So this is just episode one of hopefully very, very many of the Top Button podcasts. So get buttoned up, get flattened out, and y'all have a great day.